I, to me, is very, very special because I know that freedom was never free. I proudly wave the stars and the stripe without any apologies. Our forefathers, the very first ones, came to this country to be free, religiously free. They did not want some king telling them how they were to worship. This is documented over and over again. They wanted freedom. No king to tell them where and how to worship. They wanted to be free. There are those that will say that the leaders of our country were not Christians. We're not believers. And yet there is proof in their writings that by far the majority of them were believers in Jesus Christ. They were believers in God Himself. There are two individuals that are frequently used as examples of not being a Christian or not being believers. One is Ben Franklin. And yet... When they, the assembly, congressional assembly, trying to form a more perfect union, it was Benjamin Franklin that called everybody together one morning before they started their discussion and asked for prayers. He's on record of doing this. And after that, they... Those our forefathers were able to complete the Declaration of Independence. Where the day before they had to adjourn because everybody was arguing. But Ben Franklin had the wisdom. And we all know he was a very wise man. He had the wisdom to call them together in prayer. And to this day, Congress begins each day with prayer. Now, those of you in school may not be able to do that except in your own private way, but Congress does. Another one is Thomas Jefferson. But again, if you look at his writings, he makes reference to the Creator. He had writings that he and Adams, who one time were great enemies, from the standpoint they were looking at these issues of freedom and the declarations and how it was to be structured... They were, they were enemies. And yet in the later years, they came together as friends. And in those writings, you will see that these leaders of this country believed. Definitely, George Washington did, as reflected in his writings. And we can go on and on. Our country was founded on individuals believing that there is a Creator. And I want to worship Him. But I do not want the state telling me how to worship. I do not want them to tell me which one of the churches in Quanta, Texas I've got to go to. Their stamp of approval 
for a given church. So our forefathers, in their wisdom, made it possible for us to worship as we please. Those in military that fought the battle for independence, they, like all soldiers ever since, prayed. Did all of them? No. Is everybody that believes in Jesus Christ in church this morning? No. But they are believers. Our forefathers were believers. So when you hoist that flag, as we did this morning, when we salute the flag, let us never forget the price that was paid. The red stands for the blood. Blood of those that have been willing to die for our freedom. Today, we have a totally volunteer armed service. Vietnam, there were a lot of folks drafted. But today, Every one of those men and women have stepped up as volunteers to stand for the freedom of Americans. And yes, their blood is shed in foreign countries. Way, way, thousands of miles away from the continent that we stand on. But they're fighting for the freedom of those in Afghanistan, Iraq, and other parts of the world. Freedom. They know it's, it is that important that there be freedom, that every one of God's children should have the right of freedom. Not to be slaves. Not to be slaved. We would not have the freedoms if it were not for brave men and women that ever since the revolution have fought for us. And each Veterans Day and Memorial Day, we remember those individuals. But today, it would be impossible to talk about freedom without thinking of those that made it possible. Those that were willing, and unfortunately too many did, lose their life. Are we a free nation? You bet we are. You bet we are. We're free to live wherever we want in this great country of ours. I don't have to get a permit to go up to Oklahoma. I don't have to have a permit to live in Connecticut. We have the freedom to go from one state to the other and establish ourselves. We have the freedom to be educated either in the public system or in the private system. We have the freedom to, check, to determine which place we want to worship the Lord. We have the freedom 
If you don't think we have freedom, turn on the news. See the hundreds and thousands of people that are demonstrating yesterday, today, and I don't know how long they'll continue, but they have the right to demonstrate. They have the right to express their opinion, and they do it peacefully. There have been times, even recently, when individuals were saying they wanted freedom, and yet the military would stand on the roofs or anywhere they could and start killing people in mass. That's how they handled the demonstration in some countries. But we, we are free. We are free. We have another freedom. And it's thanks to Jesus Christ Himself. Jesus Christ has made it possible for you and me to spiritually be free. I want to read, first of all, in Psalms, the 32nd chapter, beginning with the third verse. Yes, I know this is the Old Testament, and it is before Jesus Christ. But it is David going to God, his Father, David said, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my inequities. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave me of the guilt of my sin. You forgave me. There's not a single one of us here that hasn't been bruised and hasn't had times in their lives that they've had great regrets for what they have done. I have talked to individuals They came to church for a while, and yet each time they came, they were reminded of their sins, so they took the other option and no longer come to church. You know, if if the devil, and it's the devil working, the devil wants you to turn against Jesus, it's the devil that wants to keep you from other Christians. And if the devil is standing between you and God, then the devil is closer to God than you are. We've got plenty of room for people to come and worship. There's room for more sinners. For each and every one of us sitting here, every one of us, we're sinners. And some things... Will not turn, we cannot turn loose of because the sin just haunts us. It haunts us, it haunts us, it haunts us. But as David did, he turned it over to God and he released the sin to Him. 
in the book of Acts 8, the third verse. Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. There was not anyone more adamant about doing away with Christians than Saul. Saul, better known as Paul, after his conversion. He had an experience on the road to Damascus that not only changed his life, but the life of millions of people ever since. For he had that experience in which he came to Jesus Christ after being blind. He realized, yes, there is a God. Yes, there is Jesus of Nazareth, but He is Christ. He is our Savior. Paul had that coming. And just as adamant as he was in killing Christians, he was just as adamant in saving individuals by introducing them to Jesus Christ. Freedom. Freedom. He was offering them freedom that they had never known before. Because no one could live to the laws. You and I can't. No one since they were written could live 100% up to the laws. None of us could be saved by our good deeds. None of us. So what was the alternative? God provided that. Gave us the alternative the alternative that is as true today over 2,000 years as it was in those brief years that he walked on this earth. The alternative, that's Jesus Christ. In Philippians, third chapter, the third verse, for it is we who, who serve God by His Spirit, who boasts in Jesus Christ, who put, on, who put no confidence in the flesh, though myself have many reasons for such confidence. Paul was patting himself on the back for all of his good deeds, but he was saying that those good deeds could not save him. He is letting the Philippians know he is saved by Jesus Christ. If, if someone thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, he's saying he is. As a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee, in other words, he was one of those very well-educated Hebrews that studied the law and knew the law and taught the law. And he had no sympathy for anyone that would stand up against the law. He says in persecution, he's had persecution and the righteousness based on the law faultlessly. Paul was saying... 
as he wrote the letters, that I, Paul, have been on the other side using our language today. I have been on the other side. I went through the schools. I was taught the laws. And I did my best to live up to the laws and I had no use for anyone that did not abide by the laws as written by Moses. No patience. No tolerance. I would do anything to get them arrested, men or women. I was going to stamp out Christianity by myself if necessary. And then he got to know our God. Thanks to Paul, we have his writings to the different churches. He went from one place to the other never fearing for his own well-being. He was stoned, he was lashed, he was run out of town viciously. Bodily injury. He was shipwrecked. He spent years in prison. And yet that could not stop him because many of the letters that we have in the Bible were written by a man named Paul while being in prison. He was not going to be denied the opportunity to tell the world about Jesus Christ. He had that commitment that nothing man could do was going to stop him. And he was going to write what Jesus Christ put on his heart. He was going to be a witness no matter what the circumstances. He could be standing in front of a large audience or he could be in prison with wet, sloppy floors, with critters running around in there, lousy food. Nothing was going to stop him from writing the letters about Jesus Christ. You see, we are free. We can turn on the TV and we can watch a religious channel, some very great orators, teachers, if you will. Or we can talk, turn the channel to sports or pornography, news, cook shows, building shows. You get to choose. You have the freedom to do that. You have the freedom. And yet, yet not always is it easy. The First Baptist Church in Dallas put up billboards that said that America is a free country. The American atheists raised such an uproar about it that they got the attention of the Dallas Morning News. And one of their editors said that that was an infringement. These big billboards were infringement on others. And then the mayor got involved. This is this year, folks, just a few weeks ago. The mayor got in, in, involved and he called the church and the church stood its ground. Within 24 hours... 
the company that owned the billboards said we're going to have to take them down. We're going to have to take them down because they had received pressure from downtown Dallas in some form or fashion. You know, they got to go to them for the zoning and this and that, the regulations and everything. And somebody explained it to the people that own the, the billboards. They explained it where they understood, so they called the church. Jeffries, Dr. Jeffries, used to be in Wichita Falls First Baptist Church, called him and said, we're going to have to take them down. And yet, a couple of years ago, the atheist had billboards in Dallas and nobody said anything about it. Jesus never told us it was going to be easy, folks. He didn't ever tell us that we weren't going to have conflicts. They had conflicts. One of them was Saul when they first began. They knew what it was like to struggle and to fight for Jesus Christ and to have the freedoms. And we today still have our battles, as obviously this illustration shows. The question is, do we wave? By the way, this is clean. Do we wave the white flag? Do we surrender? Huh? Excuse me? I, I'm, I'm kind of hard of hearing. I'm 73. What did you say? No. We do not surrender. We do not surrender. Our ancestors did not surrender. We are not going to surrender. We will stand. We will witness. We will forever be Christians. We will forever worship our Lord and our Savior. We will forever know that He will forgive our sins. Grace is the freedom. If we struggled every day with our mistakes, we would be so downtrodden we could not stand up for what is right. You people changed my life when I came here. You accepted me. I left my past back there. But I came to Quana. I am stronger today because of you. Because of you, I can go where I want to without any embarrassment. I can, I can sit down with, with friends, both of them. And have lunch together. Grace is a gift. Accept it. Whatever it is that's beating you up, accept grace. He's offering it to you. Jesus Christ is. And you will have happiness like you have never had before when you accept the grace from Jesus Christ. You will be so free that no man can take it away from you. No man. And there is a destination for you and me for eternity. It's in His kingdom as believers in Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You 
Thank you for that gift of grace, mercy, freedom, forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. Without you, we are nothing. With you, we can stand up to the trials and tribulations. With you, we can move past our past and move into the future. With you, tomorrow is another blessed day, another gift. With you, there will be victory on this earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, so all men can be free. It's in your name, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Your blood was a sacrifice for our sins. We love you. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.